and welcome to the Katie Helper Show. This episode is an interview I did with Max Blumenthal, who is the editor of The Gray Zone, co-host of the podcast Moderate Rebels, and the author of several books, including The Management of Savagery, which I really recommend. You can follow him on Twitter at Max Blumenthal. You can visit his website, thegrayzone.com. This episode was recorded January 13th. And it's in response, as you'll see, to an episode that was recorded on January 6th. This is a special free bonus episode. But don't know you have Patreon for this week. Please rate and review The Katie Helper Show on iTunes. It takes a minute. 30 seconds, maybe. A minute. Say something nice. Give it some stars. Also, of course, you can support the show on Patreon. And that's at patreon.com slash the Katie Helper Show. Again, that's patreon.com slash the Katie Helper Show. For just a dollar a month, you can just support it and know you're helping make this podcast a reality. If you pay $5 a month, you get extra content and bonus interviews. For this week, I'm going to be including an extended chat with our guest, Max Blumenthal, some hot takes from Jack Allison, and some funny moments with Kyle Kalinske. So the other day, I don't know if you guys remember this, but we had a very full lineup. Max was on, uh, Danny, Dan Cohen was on, um, uh, Ed Angueso, uh, Leslie Lee. It was a great lineup. And uh, Isha Krishaswamy. And before um, Max came on, uh, right before the show, someone had said that they, they had seen a guy who, photo- who videotaped the, the killing of the woman. Right at the yeah. at the Capitol, the woman yeah. who was shot, yeah. and asked if I said, "Oh, I have this guy's number. He's going on Anderson Cooper's show. Um, do you want him to come on your show?" I'm like, "Of course, yeah." And I saw he was on Anderson Cooper's show, and you know, so I said yes. And then he comes on, and like mid, like a couple minutes into it, I realized like something he was saying didn't sound like there was something off. And I actually texted you, Max, about it. I was like, "Do you can you watch this? I want because you." do a lot of journalism and, and cover a lot of protests. And there was something off. Um, and then I, uh, you know, I didn't want to accuse the person like on live air. Uh, I didn't know what his deal was. I thought I went into it again. He had been vetted by Anderson Cooper and some other publications and he had been. And to be fair, I wasn't having him on to talk about what it was like to be a leftist or progressive. I had him on to talk about the footage he gathered of the, the, the killing. Um, and then Max, uh, you took a bit of a, a deep dive. I started looking at some of his footage. You started looking at a lot of his footage. You made some phone calls, and I and you want to just talk about what happened. When I jumped on your stream, he just left, and he was sitting next to some woman, and I didn't know who he was, and I'd only seen the footage that he had posted as Jaden X on Twitter, which just showed a gun shooting Ashley Babbitt. Out of context, I mean it looks like a horrible police murder and he looks like he was just there documenting and he hadn't just been on your live stream. He'd been on Anderson Cooper yeah. um, and Anderson Cooper didn't even ask what the hell were you doing there? He, and he called him a left-wing activist. And so I uh, found his footage on his YouTube. Channel. It was like, you know, by the time I watched it, it had like thousand views. Now it's at, it's gone viral. It's got hundreds of thousands of views. And this was the most vivid footage of what took place in the Capitol possible. Um, it's stunning footage. 
the thing about the footage, it's 40 minutes of raw footage, but the thing about it is at every point in the footage, he is celebrating what the crowd is doing. He's cheering for them. He's helping people over the wall as held the side of the Capitol wall up to the Capitol steps. He's going in and then he's egging people on. He's you know encouraging them to do acts of violence. He's uh, I, in one part, he actually breaks a window. Uh, yeah. it, it appears, and but he's mostly just egging people on. It's just he's he's he enthralled with what's taking place, and he's, uh, what, and you also get to see how the Capitol Police handle the situation, which is much more comp- complex than oh they just let them in because there was a police conspiracy. These were like low level. Capitol Police, like beat cops or whatever, and they were totally overwhelmed, which was the result of a decision made Capitol Police and other law enforcement agencies. So there's a lot of questions to ask there. And you can see them first trying to um, trick the rioters into going to the exit and then preventing them from coming back in. And then they try to use kind of like soft power, the Capitol Police. And then they use like soft power negotiation tactics to try to de-escalate because they're way more Trumpers, white supremacists, uh, f- just freaks, like all kinds of characters in the Capitol than them. So they'll set up little police lines and then a mob will form. The front of every mob is John Sullivan, this person you hosted on your show before you were able to see this footage. And he begins really uh, artfully pressuring the cops to get out of the way. You don't want to get hurt, man. I've seen people get hurt back there. You got to get out of the way. And he is, is, is instrumental along with obviously a mob in getting the cops to move aside in, in many situations. Um, and you can even see there are a few like Trumpers, right wingers, whatever you want to call them. Everyone's like, wants to call them fascists fine i don't care what you call them they're definitely rioters and they were these people were trying to de-escalate whatever reason i don't know what they were trying to accomplish in there but get the crowd to move forward. and he successfully does so while cheering for it he's saying we did this this was ours we accomplished this and i'm just openly identifying with the mob and it wasn't i mean this was authentic he truly believed in it so that shocked me I mean, I was deeply disturbed by it. Then I took an even closer look and I found that there was a woman with him throughout various periods wearing an N95 mask. And at one point, as they're passing under the Capitol dome and into the hall of statues, she congratulates him and says, yeah. uh, we did it. And, you know, she doesn't seem like a, um, a MAGA chick, you know, she seems like just somebody who is just a little bit off for that kind of the, the milieu that I, I'm used to with that kind of crowd. And she's wearing a California Republic hat and a nice winter coat. And she has really high level. Uh, she has a really nice uh, DSLR camera that she's filming uh-huh. with. She comes up and hugs him. And then he says, uh, isn't this going to be the best film you've ever made? And I remembered that that woman had come on your show and introduced yeah. herself as a documentarian who was there for his like therapy or something. Emotional support, providing him emotional support. Yeah. Yeah. And so she's congratulating him. She's obviously like uh, so excited that she got into we the Capitol. doesn't care way. like what's actually happening there. And it, it just didn't appear like that. And she, 
um, then says, you delete this footage, right? And he said, yeah, I'll delete it. But I mean, I didn't even face on camera. And obviously he didn't delete it. Didn't see anything wrong with putting her on blast, putting it out there. Her name is Jade Sacker. Yeah, that's her in the middle right there. And her name is Jade Sacker. And um, okay, before I get more into her, yeah. there's just one other component that really startled me and prompted me to write this story, which is that in the moments before Ashley Babbitt's killing, Ann Sullivan, a.k.a. Jaden X, who's sitting on the right there, who is being interviewed. That's by yeah, the guy. Not, yeah. So there's Jade, the woman, Jade. Yeah, Jade. And then he's Jaden. And then Jaden X, right. Their relationship is I'm suspicious about that too, but we can get into that later. Um, I noticed that in the minutes leading up to the shooting of Ashley Babbitt, the military veteran pro-Trump fanatic who's shot by a Capitol police officer as a mob is trying to break into the speaker's lobby where apparently Mitch McConnell was. And I actually interviewed members of that mob who told me that they were going for Mitch McConnell or trying to break into his office. I don't know what they were going to do. Um, but John Sullivan pushes his way to the mob, to the front of the mob. And he says, I got a knife. I have a knife. And he's offering to use a knife on their behalf. I mean, if you are a black Li lives matter activist. Yeah. And you're afraid of the proud boys as you say that you are, and they're your enemies. Why would you offer them a knife or offer to use a knife on their behalf? So he gets to the front. There's three capital standing there completely overwhelmed in front of them the clips, by the way? do you want it should we show the clips that you're talking about yeah yeah show it show that i i got a nice clip let me do i got a knife i got a, I got a knife i got a knife so you heard him say i got a knife i got a knife and he's pushing through there's three capital police standing between them and the speaker's lobby. I don't know who was in there, but somebody important was in there. Pedophile, they're saying the conspiracy theories. Yeah, that, look at the guy with the kind of uh, Alaska, with, with the hat right there. He came out of nowhere and is also a major instigator of the mob. And he's calling them like Epstein, Epstein pedophiles, QAnon talk. He wants you to go home. I'm recording. Okay, that's John Sullivan. Yeah, just, they're gonna push their way up here. So he's saying, guys, we want you to go home. We want I'm you to go home. So this is what he's been doing to the cops the whole time to get them yeah. to move, and so the mob can advance. Yeah. yeah, everyone really don't. I don't know. Just don't look for like five minutes. I guess if you, how do you do this so that people cannot? I mean, if you don't want to, just go. I don't know, man. It's just right. like take a five minute. Close break. your eyes first. Close your eyes. Yeah. Close your eyes. Yeah. Bro, I see people out there get hurt. I don't want to see you get hurt. I just we will make a we will make a path dead ass. You make a path. Yeah. I just realized this is gonna get us. I don't think we can show the actual I'll tell you when to stop it. Yeah, we can't show her actually getting shot because that'll get this video in trouble. What's the what 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 part up to on, Okay, I'll tell you when to stop. Okay. Okay. So he's telling him, wait a minute. Okay. He just told them to go, go. Okay. 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 Play it. And he's calling for the crowd. Do that shit. Let's do this shit. Yeah. He's egging them on to do this. Break it. Break it. 
They're trying to break through. Someone important is on the other side, obviously. Yeah. Keep playing it. Okay, now you can stop. And then, you know, that is a Capitol Police officer. They had obviously made a decision that if the crowd breaches those doors, they will use lethal force because someone important, probably Mitch McConnell, possibly Mike Pence was on the other side. And John Sullivan is there. He's playing a pivotal role in instigating the mob and getting the police to move aside. And yet this is the character who went on Anderson Cooper and got to himself as a heroic independent journalist um, who just was there documenting. And Ashley Babbitt climbs through one of the windows they smashed and she's the first one through. So she gets shot in the neck. I saw her get carried out in a stretcher uh, with blood pouring all over the ground. And this is like now part of the, um, the vengeance plot of the right. They're having an Ashley Babbitt march uh, pretty soon. And this is like, in, you know, feeding their persecution complex. The shooting of Ashley Babbitt, I think it could have been handled differently. I, I condemned it at first, but seeing the context, I'm now kind of on the fence because it stopped this mob in tracks and they immediately stopped. They had to move back. DC SWAT comes up the, the, the stairs where the mob was and they take her body. But interestingly, they don't get this mob and tell them like, get the hell on, get on the ground. You're all under arrest. They don't stop them. They all got to go free and come out. And that's why John Sullivan came out and got to be this, you know, for a few hours, be a hero until people learned who he was. So as the result of this video, the Anderson Cooper appearance coming on, he wasn't just going on your show, many other shows. He became most notorious activist in America and the right I removed him. I want people to know. Once I knew things were weird, I deleted. I cut him out so he wouldn't be on the show on fa- under false pretenses. Yeah, absolutely. And, and and you did you did the most responsible thing possible. And you know some people tried to blame you for having him on, but I don't think there was any way you could have known in the heat of the moment. And everyone wanted his footage. Yeah. I think you know it's just about asking the hell yeah. you were doing in there and you were texting me you were very suspicious yeah. about him who is this guy this is yeah. suspect where was i so he becomes the most notorious activist in america and the right is now using him as exhibit a of its narrative that antifa or black lives matter actually infrated the capital yeah this is why it's so important right because it's incredibly important to point out that this person is not the left-wing BLM Antifa person he claims he is, because if he is, then as you're saying, the right will actually absolutely use that as an example of how this was a left-wing plot. Well, this is someone who had established himself in Utah as a leader of supposed racial justice protests. He was from, he's from Utah and the story just gets weirder and crazier from there. I mean, there are so many levels of insanity to this story that as I was reporting it, my I was just like in a state of, I was dizzy. I couldn't even believe how crazy this story, I mean, starting with this documentarian and then his own background and his family, and then the reality of what he has done in the Black Lives Matter movement suggests something very disturbing and intriguing is taking place and it raises more questions than it answers. So who is he? 
I mean, we see what he's doing in the Capitol. Yeah. In the Capitol is something no Black Lives Matter or Antifa activist would say or do. That there was an absolutely authentic desire on his part to destroy and an identification with the Trumpist mob. Now, he emerged out of nowhere in June 2020 in Provo, Utah. He's from a Salt Lake City suburb and began leading racial justice protests in a really white environment. He's moved to the front of the scene because he's one of the few black people. He's somewhat charismatic. He starts a group called Insurgents USA out of nowhere. He had previously been a salesman and trained to be an Olympic speed skater. And just with no political education, he begins leading these pretty big protests. And the first one descends into complete chaos, and a very similar scene takes place, like the one we just witnessed, where in Provo, Utah, he apparently encouraged demonstrators to block motorists during a pro-police rally. A car slowly tries to move through them. It wasn't like trying, from what I saw in the video, it wasn't trying to run them over, but it definitely was advancing forward when people are trying to stop it. And someone who was either allied with his group or part of his group while he's filming, opens fire on the driver. And this is, I think, like the first shots fired of that summer, supposedly. That incident reverberated across the state of Utah. First of all, it led to mass arrests within the activist scene, the left-wing activist scene. And John Sullivan himself was arrested. He's charged with criminal mischief, inciting a riot. Um, The driver was hit in the arm. And beyond that, Utah's right-wing militia movement went crazy. They actually formed a new group as a direct result of his presence and what he was doing in that shooting incident called Utah Citizens Alarm. Apparently, 30,000 people signed up. So the next rally he has on July 2nd, it's also very weird in Provo, but the rally is surrounded by armed militiamen from Citizens Alarm, Proud Boys, guys with machine guns. And they are brought on stage by John Sullivan and given a platform to address the crowd. And he begins preaching harmony. But things descend from there. And he's been out of the community by Black Lives Matter for just destructive behavior. And I got this partly from Black Lives Matter activists, but also from his brother, And this is another just crazy layer to the story. His brother is a right-wing pro-Trump black Republican activist in Utah who is very closely affiliated with the Proud Boys. And his brother actually helped recruit, I don't know if he participated, but he helped recruit black Trump supporters to go to DC on January 6th, the day that His brother, John Sullivan, was inside the Capitol. But in public, they are known to hate each other. And their acrimony stems from family issues. Father is a major... Yeah. Just to be clear, so it's you don't pretend to know and you don't know the exact motive. Like, it's not clear whether this guy has is motivated by political things, if there's an issue of... uh, honesty or delusion that's not really your focus your focus is that like he um has 
played a very instigating role and that what he said on 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 various shows also uh as brad pointed out um uh uh yeah chris hayes referred to him as a civil rights activist on msnbc well, he also said that they licensed their footage from him so they apparently paid him yeah. and then right. they said, we licensed this footage from a civil rights activist Right. No, no one stops to ask, what is a civil rights activist doing there? And them, them saying that, the Washington Post called him a liberal activist. Right. He called a left-wing activist in PolitiFact, which did this fact check seeking to minimize his role, which was just a lie. PolitiFact should retract its fact check. Um, right. They fed the right-wing's narrative about him, that he was a BLM activist. And so a according to a Data for Progress Vox poll, that was taken, I think, three or four days ago, 7% of Americans and 68% of Republicans believe Antifa incited the Capitol Hill riot. So this has had a major effect on public opinion, and it's been damaging to Black Lives Matter. Yeah. Yeah, because I, yeah, you people then point to this. They're like, look, this was, an, this was a, a left-wing plot. They were instigating it. Um, so do you do you want to keep talking about the brother and uh, and then we can also show the footage of him and Jake? Yeah, I mean the brother, the fact that his brother is like in with the Proud Boys fuels further conspiracy theories, which may be true. They could be conspiracy facts that they might be colluding because they did wind up on the same side on January sixth. Although John Sullivan put out a flyer for a. A, a counter protest at the Washington Monument that day that he didn't even show up at. And you have Black Lives Matter DC telling activists to stay home. So he directly contradicted their call, which, you know, really raises questions what this yeah. guy's trying to do. So the brother, I spoke to him, I interviewed him for a half hour. Um, he told me their father is uh, a major general and retired major general in the Air Force. His name is Kevin J. Sullivan, and he's white and Mormon. He adopted these black children and they were raised in a very conservative home in mostly in Utah. And according to John Sullivan, they were raised colorblinds. They were not even really told you are black, you have this heritage that you have to get in touch with. And so James Sullivan takes on the family's politics and takes it to another level and becomes like a kind of pro-Trump radical. His brother during the George Floyd protests, reacts, turns against the family, calls them white supremacists and monsters, and then gets out in the streets and suddenly is at the forefront of this activist movement, despite having no political education and no credibility. And I, I mentioned, so the brother told me how Black Lives Matter Utah called him up, the right-wing brother, and said, please help us get rid of this guy. He's doing so much damage to us. And they worked together to get his pages from Facebook to basically isolate him and get him kicked out of activist circles in Utah. He then gravitates to Portland, which is like, you know, the epicenter of Antifa pro protests against police brutality. And activists there begin to wonder about him. This is all documented in a Twitter thread that I just tweeted out. It's embedded in my article by a battle. Black Lives Matter chapter or a Seattle anti-fascist activist chapter. And they said, you know, at one point he he comes, he shows up with a megaphone. That's kind of his MO. Yeah. Takes groups down with him, gets them under his sway. And then he has this tendency to take them to areas where they couldn't go 
and often weaken the protest march. So he took, uh, according to Portland activists, he led a number of activists down an alley and insisted they go a certain way, even though he's not from the city and has no idea where, what the street patterns are. And he leads them straight into a police kettle. And they said that every time he showed up, arrests kept happening. He uh, was alleged, uh, said to have leaked details, private details of directions through these array of dizzying array of burner accounts that he would set up on Twitter and Facebook. And he still has an array of burner accounts. And he was very legitimately accused of grifting. If you go to his Insurgents USA site, the most extensive section is dedicated to merch. And it's expensive riot gear, uh, including a switchblade. Um, but you know, expensive riot gear, gas mask, tactical gloves, that kind of thing. And so then from Portland, he starts uh, drifting into the Washington DC BLM scene. Uh, shows up in August during the march to commemorate Martin Luther King's I Have a Dream speech and his march on Washington. And this was like Al Sharpton's march. So it was kind of like it drew a lot of people, but it didn't have that militant spirit. It was like all the, all the speeches were about like vote for the Democrats, very cultured rhetoric. It was, and he, and he shows up on BLM Plaza completely alone and does this bad impersonation of Huey Newton and then calls for snatching Trump out of the White House and basically yeah. uses violent rhetoric about like going up in the White House and snatching Trump out of it. And that yeah. footage. Can we, show that? Can we show that? I have it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Showing your article, all right. This is it, right? Yeah. What's going on, everybody? My name is John Sullivan. I'm from Salt Lake City, Utah. My group is Insurgents USA. We fucking about to burn this shit down. Fuck this shit. Who? Anybody out here seeing that white militia guy shoot three kid, three kids? Yeah. yeah. Fuck that guy. And I will tell you this shit is in Utah, a whole bunch of white militia came out there, formed against our group. We out there strapped. We out there ready to burn that shit down. We out there to defend our fucking self. We got to defend ourselves now, too. We do. Because power to the people. Power to the people. Power to the people. Damn right. We got fucking, we got fucking rip Trump out of that office right over there. Fucking pull him out that shit. Nah, nah, we ain't about fucking waiting till the next election. We about to go get that motherfucker. I ain't about that shit. Because you know what time it is? I want y'all to be after me. It's time for a revolution. It's time for a revolution. It's time for a revolution. Thank you, guys. I appreciate y'all. Be safe. Be blessed. Be safe. And then, you know, this is, you can also hear him at this, uh, you know, where he he's saying, I got a knife. He's saying, let's break this. Uh, well, people might burn the shit down. Here he is where he's, um, here, let's listen to this part. Right, so that's him saying, we gotta get this shit, we gotta burn, we gotta get this shit burnt. That's in the Capitol. I mean, and you know, people say burn it down and not say that, but 
you know, if, if you just if you just want to burn everything and you're posing as a Black Lives Matter one day and then you're going into a Trump militia crowd and saying, let's burn this and inciting them, then what's the only in this country, in a right wing country like this, where the security forces, the police are generally aligned with the Trump side? You're only going to do damage to Black Lives Matter, and he's only yeah, doing damage to Black Lives Matter at every turn. So that speech that he gave, no one in in you know on the left promoted it. No one thought it was cool or inspiring, but Charlie Kirk tweeted it out. Of Turning Point USA, one of the leading rightist activists who pairs up with Candace Owens, probably the leading Black Republican in the country, yeah. other than Clarence Thomas, um, and. They the the right went nuts with it. Yeah, and the other and thing is like he was in he was in questioned by Secret Service afterwards too. He was. It's also like it, this isn't a political critique. I mean, particularly because if he if he claimed that he was trying to expose the right wing, right? He and gave information to people about the right wing. That would be one thing. But it's not like he went in there, got people's names, addresses, you know, then told the FBI about who these right wing people were. Well, he did get people on camera who I'm sure have been investigated or arrested, but I mean, I'll get to it later, but he was questioned by the FBI and let go despite all of what we've seen him right. do there and was free to go back to Salt Lake City. But I, I, I linked to another video he shot of himself where he's using the very same language he used to encourage the pro-Trump rioters to encourage people who are looting a Walgreens like off Georgia Avenue in Northwest DC during the protests against the police killing of Karan Hilton. So he, it's the same exact language, the same enthusiasm. And uh, it's clear he just doesn't care what side anyone's on as long as they're destroying but he's identified with Black Lives Matter right. exclusively, even though he's been barred from every Black Lives Matter chapter. I interviewed Sean Love, uh, who's a prominent DC BLM activist. He would call himself a liberation activist, Black liberation activist, and uh, journalist as well. And he encountered uh, John Sullivan in DC during the, that period and said that he would basically, when Proud Boys would show up at one point on, in November, November 11th, I think this was the first major Stop the Steel March and a portents, a harbinger of what took place at the U.S. Capitol. John Sullivan shows up with a microphone, peels off 50 to 100 people, and leads them to another part of the city so they can't be part of the main group that confronted and actually did battle with the Proud Boys in downtown DC to prevent them from advancing and you know, carrying out a riot where they would whip up Black Lives Matter signs on businesses and churches. And he, it got to the point where they saw him as such a destructive presence that they took the same actions the Utah chapter, the Portland and Seattle chapters had taken and basically locked him out when you watch the whole thing and see how they breached every level of security prior to that for fuck's sake some guards showed solidarity and the adrenaline and why wouldn't they think they could go through which is true yes um, and also uh brad was saying before uh that you know uh um 
Yeah, we can show this clip, uh, the video where he's uh, where he's like personally helping people over the wall. Is that? Did you show that? Yes, that clip? yes, that that's uh, one of the first that I embedded, and he helps people over the wall. Right. So build that wall. Yeah, that's one wall that they build don't want to build. There's so many people. Let's go. This shit's ours. Fuck yeah. I can't believe this is reality. We accomplished this shit. We might be the next one after this. You can hear him identifying with the mob openly. This is our shit. We did this together. So many people. Oh, now he's going to the wall where they're repelling up. You know, these are ex-military guys. Like, who else does that? And he's a military son. But let's uh, here's one where he can be seen helping people over the wall. Let's go, you guys are savage. Let's go. Let's go. Let's fucking go. Holy shit. That was that was that badass. That's the filmmaker. There's Jade Jade yeah. Zachary. You have to come with us now. Come here, Come here, Hammer. Hammer. You got it? Yeah. Help me oh. I got it. Help me Holy oh, shit. Dude, that was awesome. Good job. Shit. Shut up. Oh. Let's burn this shit down. Let's burn, burn this shit, this shit, shit down. down. Yeah. And then, so, yeah, he... Yeah, he play that. Go, go up. Bang him. Yeah, he makes a... This is apparently where he breaks a window. Yeah. We don't know. I mean, it's you'll pretty, see. And you can see a little break in the pain. Yeah, and it's nothing too hard. Yeah, you'll folded see by Jade Zacker. I mean, it's obviously not the only destruction anyone did. We're not blaming him entirely for the destruction. Look at those guys. It's like straight up the wall. Damn. This is just a real scene. Holy shit. What reality is this? Oh my god, we did this shit. We, <laughs> we took this shit. shit. What's up, bro? There. Fucking yeah. No, no, Fuck not yet. Yeah. Fucking oh. did this shit. Groiper. Oh yeah, what is that? I'll explain that. <laughs> there. Here it comes. Right here. You hear boo doo doo. And she says, don't do that. Well, they already broke the windows. So he goes, my bad. Well, they already broke the windows. Hard. I didn't know yeah, I hit it that no hard. No one got that on camera. No one well, got that on camera. Yeah. Uh, you did, motherfucker. Yeah. Jesus. I mean, that's, that's why I feel like he's just not even. No, and he didn't see anything wrong with putting this out there. So. Yeah. Which like counter, yeah, contradicts his own what he says. Okay, and then we have uh, this is an interesting. I'm about this life, bro. I'm about this life. Hell yeah, dude! This is surreal. Look up top, like that's just like 
Oh my God. He's, he's very good at uh, camera yeah. material. I never would have imagined that we would be here. Yeah, it's spicy a little bit. I'll give you your hug now. We did it. <laughs> That's Jade Sacker. So she goes, I'll give you your hug now. We did it. You were right. We did it. Dude, I was trying to tell you. I, I couldn't say much. You were right. <laughs> you just have to watch my channel. Oh my God. Is this not going to be the best film you've ever made in your life? Okay, watch this part. not going to be the best film you've ever made in your life. Hell yeah. Hell yeah? Hell yeah. Wait, you weren't recording, were you? I'll delete that shit. But I didn't record you or me. It's just voices. She goes, you didn't record that shit, did you? He goes, I'll delete it, but but I didn't record you, just voices. Well, he sure didn't delete it. So, yeah. you know, I interviewed her extensively, Jade, and uh, she was as helpful as possible. Um, and there's a lot to understand about that exchange right there. First of, all, first of all, yeah, she was congratulating him because she's making a documentary with some major backers about him and his right-wing brother. And what he says to her is, didn't I promise you? Didn't I tell you? And she said, you were right. And what that indicates and what she told me explicitly is that he knew days in advance that they were going to storm the Capitol. And she said that it was organized through parlor groups. Um but he knew, um, and she, you know, how did he get into those groups? Well, let's say that he wasn't some known as a pro-Trump activist in those groups or some militia guy. Why couldn't the I get in those groups and know that this was going to take place? Why were we so confident, but the FBI wasn't? Where were the seventeen vaunted intelligence agencies that are so that were so certain that Russia hacked our democracy? Where were they? Why didn't they send more law enforcement to the Capitol? It was pretty damn obvious what was going to take place to everyone involved there, but they didn't have any assets. So uh, it just that that raises a lot of questions there. And yeah, um, sorry. No. no. At one point during the interview, I like got a sense that I made a kind of weird out of context. I mean, you know, I love everyone knows I love Bernie, obviously. But I made a kind of out of context comment, uh, non sequitur, because I was like, Shit, these people, I think they're pretend they're like actually trying to they're on Trump's side. And I remember I said, like, yeah, that's why I feel the burn or said something like that. And then because I want them, I thought they'd maybe be like, well, you know what? We don't you know. Yes. But Trump is also speaking to people. But but they just I think Jay said, yeah, that's that's where I am. And I, I believe her. I mean, I think she maybe was that. But she's obviously this is uh, politically. Uh, in other words, I'm not casting aspersions on anyone's character, but the project that they're involved in is not uh, as it was presented, and it's being used by the right wing. You felt misled by, yeah, her as well. Yeah, and but this isn't because I'm like, oh my god, these guys. I feel misled. I'm gonna get back at them. I just think this is like an important story to to cor important record to correct. Because again, if you don't, then this person is presenting himself as a as a legit uh, BLM member, even though BLM isn't like a formal organization with membership or dues or anything. But yeah, uh, no, this has to be done for the historical record and as a, a warning, um, and to try to upend this 
insanely dangerous narrative that Antifa yeah. was behind the Capitol riot. Yeah. And she's feeding his desire for attention. And I confronted her about that or questioned her about that. And she just offered kind of a bunch of spin. She um, defended him like, oh, but he's her friend and he's so he's very traumatized. And, you know, I believe that to be true. But if he is traumatized and if he does suffer from mental issues, as his brother said, um, you know, I've obtained messages he sent where he was speaking, talking about being, feeling mentally unwell. If that's the case, why is a documentary, a documentarian basically taking advantage of someone who has mental issues and propelling their quest for destruction and thereby propelling the destruction itself? I mean, that is a question that needs to be answered. This episode of the Katie Halper Show was edited by Ted Reedy. Our theme song is by the band Cordova. Thanks so much for listening to the Katie Halper Show, and see you next time. Ah, shit. <laughs>